This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Tuesday's edition of Betting Weekly Game Bet Match, the number one tennis betting podcast brought to you in association with Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. It's a big week of tennis action with the ATP Tour 1000 uh, event in the Italian Open. I'm delighted to say joining me, looking ahead to the action in Rome this week, is our senior tennis ATP Tour handicapper, it's Sean Calvert. Sean, Good week again Hello, last week, up to 26.38 uh, units of profit. So moving up nicely, heading into the real key part of the tennis season. Yeah, it was a good tournament for us, wasn't it, on the match bets, uh, Madrid? It, it, it's, as I said last week, when, once you know the conditions and you, you feel like there's a bit of an edge there, some stuff that isn't, hasn't perhaps been priced in correctly, um, you know, it can, it can work in your favour. And I think it did uh, in Madrid, but... We'll see about Rome because I think it's going to be a lot trickier this week, to be honest, with the, with the conditions, which I'll come on to in a minute. Yeah, I mean, last week was a great week. Obviously, Carlos Alcaraz won back-to-back tournaments. He comes into this week in Rome as the tournament favourite. We look at the outright markets on that as well. Alcaraz was very impressive, but the conditions did suit, and it was as though it was the, the courts were made perfectly for Alcaraz. Can he replicate that form on the back of a big, big couple of weeks in the Spanish capital? Um, we do say, you did say about the conditions here. I mean, you're jetting off to Rome uh, tomorrow. And yeah. um, the one thing I will say to you, which is always essential packing whenever Sean Calvert travels to an ATP <laughs> tour event, make sure you bring your umbrella. I've packed it. It's there. I've got a, one of those um, waterproof jacket things, you know, those little ones that you can fold up. I uh, got an umbrella. Yeah, it looks bad. Um, it you can't always tell with the weather forecast. It's not always accurate. It can make you look very silly, as I've said before, sometimes. But it, it looks like rain, thunderstorms, a little bit of sunshine here and there. But the conditions over the next ten days, it doesn't look great. If that forecast is accurate, then it looks like there's going to be an awful lot of stopping and starting, and and potentially a couple of days where there's no play at all. If that if that forecast is accurate, um, just going on the the history uh, of Rome, the conditions it averages 77% holds of serve um, and 69.4% first serve points one, which puts it as a by way of comparison, just a, a squeak quicker than the French Open. So slowish clay, you would say, but it all it all depends on the on the prevailing weather conditions in, in a hot week. It's sometimes in this week, it's like 30 odd degrees in Rome and it's it plays a lot quicker. That isn't going to be the case this week. So I would suggest it's going to play on the slow side and the matches that are played at night can sometimes be quite chilly and obviously slower than the day sessions. Um, in terms of uh, tie breaks, 36% of the matches have featured a tie break. So that's, that's quite high-ish for a C-level um, clay event. But as I say, some years are quicker than others. That's based on the last 10 editions. Um, in terms of underdog winners, it averages 29% in the last 10 editions, which, which isn't great. The best round by far is round one, uh, 34% of the underdogs have won there uh, on average in the last 10 years. And the worst round, is, which is worth mentioning, is the semi-finals in Rome, 
Not a single underdog has won in the Rome semi-final since 2004. All all 20 of the last 20 have lost. So wow. that's an interesting stat. That's obviously not going to go on forever. But weather I've just touched on yet, rain, thunderstorms, I'm, I'm taking my my um, my rain stuff. Uh, if you want to just talk about the trends, or right, I'll just talk about the trends uh, briefly. This This tournament's changed now, hasn't it? We mentioned last week Madrid has got extra time. Rome has got extra time. In the past, they were, they were squeezed really close together, back-to-back, and it was virtually impossible to win them back-to-back. The only two players that have done it since Madrid changed to a clay surface in 2009 are Rafael Nadal and Novak Djokovic, and neither of them have done it since 2013. It might potentially be a bit easier to do it back-to-back now that there's more days allocated to each tournament, and each each tournament is stretched out by an extra sort of five days or so. Um, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see on that. It's still a big ask because the conditions are very different as well. Um, the number one seed has won the title only four times in the last 13 years. So it's, it's not been a great one for, for the top seeds. And either Rafael Nadal or Novak Djokovic have won in the last five editions. Obviously, Nadal's not going to be doing it. Djokovic, questionable as well, I'd say. When you look at the previous winners and also the previous finalists, you can see why the semi-finals did have so many winning favourites. Novak Djokovic yeah. has been in eight of the last nine finals. Roger Federer has been in the final. And Rafael Nadal has been final. And this was the tournament, really. I know you said the number one seed uh, has another great record in it. But you look back through the previous winners, Djokovic. It's and still Nadal, short prices, yeah. Where it's, it's short price wins. You don't really mm. get many shocks. And even in the finalists, you don't really get many shocks. You've had you know, Nadal, Djokovic play a few. Zverev, his name's consistent there. Federer. Um, Zverev, 40 to 1, won it one year. But yeah. Other than that, it's it's always been major winners that have won this. So it's going to be, and it could, looks like going to be a similar kind of thing when we look at the outright betting. Let's have a look at the draw before we come on to the outright betting. In the top half of the draw, Novak Djokovic, the defending champion, is the number one seed. He's at the top of the draw. Along with him, in that draw, you have Cam Norrie, number 13, potentially a last 16 opponent. You have uh, uh, Holger Rune, obviously he's a player that uh, I like a lot and, Sort of betting for the French Open, I think he's going to have a big couple of weeks here. You've also got Yannick Sinner. Uh, how's he going to, um, can he replicate some of the form that he's shown on the hard courts, especially with the anticipation of the home crowd? So they're the sort of the big names in the top half of the draw. In the bottom half of the draw, you've got our friend Andre Rublev, who's done us the big favourite, 33 to 1, winning the Monte Carlo uh, 1000 event. You have Carlos Alcaraz, the man to beat, uh, as far as Bet Rivers are concerned. Back to back tournament wins in his homeland. Can he bring it across? to uh, Italy. Uh, and other than that, you've got Borna Koric. Lorenzo Massetti is quite interesting as well. Obviously, another Italian. Sitsipas, Medvedev, you wouldn't fancy. And that man's Zverev. So looking at the draw, I would probably say it's slightly more favourable in the bottom half than the top half. Would you agree on that? Um, I've actually taken a bet in the top half, um, right. t- to be honest. And that's I, I think that Q4, that that fourth quarter, is is obviously very difficult. You've got Alcaraz in there, Sitsipas, Massetti. Um, all those guys. Q3 looks looks pretty open to me. Um, I was sort of toying with the idea of Davidovich Fakina in there, but his, his stats aren't good enough. Um, I, I've had a look at the the stats of all the of all the who I consider to be the key players uh, in this tournament. I've had a look at their clay main level service points one return point one totals on clay in the last twelve months. And do you want me to talk about the top half first, or 
Well, let's just give the, the, the outright prices. So let's have a look okay. at the outright prices, and then you can take us over with the players and, and sort of look at the odds and give us who your your, your pick is. And you, it's worth noting here that Bet Rivers are only offering win only on this tournament. So it's a very important factor this week. There is no each way because of the dominance of the top two in the market, and the each way value is, is very uh, rare. We have given uh, Bet Rivers some who kudos before saying they've offered great each way value in tournaments. Uh, but this time around, they are not offering each way value. So it's a win only tournament. So that is very, very important to bear in mind uh, on the, on the outright markets. Carlos Alcaraz is the favorite, which is not a surprise considering his form last week, but the conditions are different. He's different, very different. He's plus one forty. Novak Djokovic, the scintillating form defending champion, uh, the, the man for this, this tournament, eight of the last nine, uh, finals have seen Novak Djokovic involved. He's plus 275, but his form coming in is questionable. Yannick Sinner, 700. Stefanos Tsitsipas, 1100. Holger Runa, 1700. Daniel Medvedev at 2000. Alexander Zverev at 3000. Taylor Fritz at 3300. Andre Rublev, also at the same price, the price he won for us in Monte Carlo. Kasparud, also 3300. Karin Kachanov is 4000. And Lorenzo Mazzetti is 5000. So, Sean, bring us those stats. Uh, Give us those stats and sort of compare them to how Bet Rivers have these leading contenders priced up. Yeah, if you look at the top half of the draw, um, Djokovic has got the best the best stats on clay. Uh, main level in the last twelve months: his service points, one return points, one total is one hundred and eleven. Then it's Sinner on one hundred and nine, and then Casper Ruud one hundred and six, Norrie one hundred and five, and Rune stats aren't that great: one hundred and three. He's on not not brilliant stats from him. Um, Djokovic, I'm, I'm kind of keen to oppose. I know he's got a great record here, but hasn't looked remotely capable of, of winning this tournament on what we've seen from him so far, this clay swing. I know he's had that elbow injury. That is a, probably quite a big factor. Um, struggled at, at Banjaluka. Uh, lost to Lajevic there, didn't he? Um, didn't play Madrid. Just think he's he's, he's just he just he needs matches. Normally, when he comes to Rome, he's normally played two or three tournaments on the clay, and he's 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 really starting to to fire on the clay. But that that's not the case this time. So, I think he's vulnerable this week. I think Rune is is a certainly a possibility. As I said, his stats aren't aren't that great. I think he's played an awful lot of tennis as well. He looked very tired in in Madrid. Um, I think the, the interesting one here, if, if there was an each way market, would be would be Rude at um, at thirty three to one. He's got a good record here. I think the slower conditions would, will suit him. Um, obviously, a French Open finalist. He's won 11 of his 14 matches here, Kasper Ruud, uh, in, in qualifying and the main draw. And he's only lost to Djokovic a couple of times and Del Potro. They're the only players that have beat him here. Uh, and his service points, one return point, one total, points, one total in Rome is 103, which is exactly the same as Yannick Sinner's. So if we were looking at it from an each-way perspective, um, I think Kasper Ruud would be would be pretty high on my shortlist. I know he's not in great form, but that's why we're getting a good price. Um, the obvious choice is Sinner. You know, his, his stats are very, very close to Djokovic's. Obviously playing at home, didn't play Madrid last week, so he should be fresh for this. My worry with him is always fitness and the pressure in playing at Rome, uh, playing in Rome, should I say. So um, I think Rude and Sinner are the, are the interesting ones on the top half. Yes, Sinner is 700 and Casper Ruud is 3,300. Obviously, a beaten finalist in last year's French Open and a man who uh, had an incredible clay court uh, campaign last season at almost five times the price of Yannick Sinner. So he's not going to be... Sinner's not going to be five to one on to beat him in the in the, in the, uh, in the, uh, in the quarterfinal if they do meet. I just, yeah, I just think Sinner's too short. He's the obvious play, but 
seven to one is just not given his fitness problems that he's he's had over and over again, and the fact that he's he's going to be under under a lot of pressure here. Plus, if the weather forecast is bad as as it suggests, that there might be a case at some point in the next twelve days when players are going to have to play two matches in a day. And Sinners wouldn't be high on my list of players that would would thrive in that sort of situation. And also, when you look at the draw, the second quarter there is is quite a weak section. Uh, you know, in the first quarter, you've got Djokovic, Cam Nort, Korda, Holgeruna, difficult opponents. You've got Rude, you've got Shelton, Van der Sandship. Yeah, Tony I think Cork, he's got a nice draw. You've, you've got a nice, both of them. I think Sinner and uh, Rude are on a collision course for the quarterfinals and to have a one at 33 to one to have going for you in the quarterfinals is a nice bet. So that's the top half of the draw. So we'll be looking at opposing Djokovic. And Kasper Ruud, obviously, is the man that Sean thinks is the value at plus 3,300. In the bottom half of the draw, that's where you find the tournament favourite, Carlos Alcaraz, who is now becoming the tournament favourite in every tournament he plays. I think he's going to overtake uh, Novak Djokovic in all these events now heading into the French Open. Unless Djokovic can have a, an unbelievable run coming into it, um, Alcaraz is the man to beat, despite being the number two seed. And eventually, he is going to be number one seed in these tournaments. Um you said that uh, in your sort of analysis there that he had a chance of winning back-to-back tournaments because of the way the nature of the longer tournament now. Uh, you can't be a better at plus 140, but is there any anything you see, any opponent in that bottom half that you think could potentially run in close? Yeah, I think I, yeah, I said he's got a better chance because the tournament is over a longer period. I still don't think it's a an easy thing to do to win Madrid and Rome back-to-back because the conditions are so different. Alcaraz never played here either. Mm. Um, so this would be debut for him. The obvious opposition to him would would be Sitsipas, but again, I'm just not I'm not sold on Sitsipas. His his stats aren't that great. I mean, we're, we're talking again about service points, one and return point, one totals. Alcaraz is on 110, which is one more than Sinner and one less than Djokovic. Sitsipas is back on 106, which is the same as Kasper Ruud, uh, and also the same as Rublev. So, you know, Sitsipas isn't a standout. Um, you know, he's not a certainty by any means to, to to be the threat to Alcaraz. Medvedev's stats aren't aren't that much worse off actually. He's on 104, and he's never won a, he's never won a single match in Rome. Um, so if you if you're looking at the the stats, I look Dimitrovich Fakina, by the way, is on 100, which which sort of put me off him. He you know he went he loses too many matches that he should win. Uh, Davidovich, but he, I would say he's got a good run in him potentially. Um, I think this bottom half is is tricky. I really do. Um, I much prefer, if I was betting, I would much prefer the top half. Um, Rublev's a possibility. Um, again, similar price uh, to what it was in Monte Carlo, I should think. Zverev, not really playing his best, is he still, since that since that injury? Still hasn't found his top form by any means. Medvedev, as I said, never won a match here. Um, yeah, Just, I'm not having a bet in the bottom half. But let's, let's put it that way. Well, I'm going to go with our old mate, Lorenzo Massetti. Guy who done us a favour last year, uh, winning a tournament for me at 80-1. to 1. Yeah. You got him for the French. He played really well in Monte Carlo. And I think the home support, I, I was actually, I watched him beat Novak Djokovic in Monte Carlo and the crowd support behind him, the Italian crowd got him going. And I think, unlike Sinner, I think he'll thrive rather than the pressure. I think all the pressure will be on Sinner. He won Napoli as well, didn't he? Yeah, I think um, Mazzetti may just sort of ease through. So I think if you're looking for uh, someone to oppose Alcaraz, obviously Alcaraz and Djokovic are are the two most likely finalists. And um, if you're looking for someone... He's beaten him before, hasn't he? As you said, in Hamburg, he beat him in the final. 
So I, I think Massetti for me at 50 to 1 plus 5,000 could be the guy to go through in there. When these aren't official plays because of the nature of the tournament, it's uh, win only rather than each way. So we're not actually going to put either of these up as an official play. These are lean. So if you want a little bit of pizza money, have a little bit of interest in the tournament, Sean is opting for Kasper Rudd at plus 3,300. And I'm going to go for Lorenzo Massetti at plus 5,000. But, you know, obviously the top two of the market dominate and they dominate for a reason. Um, let's have a look at some matches. Tomorrow we have some first round matches. Uh, these are for the right to play the, not the 32 seeds. So the 32 seeds are through to the second round. The winner of the first round matches will play a seeded player. So I think we have 24 matches uh, over the course of the next two days to see who plays uh, the seeded players. And Sean has broken down, he's, he's highlighted five matches for us here. And there's one match that I really like on these prices. Uh, I'll come on to that in a little while. With Sean, I'm not quite sure what Sean has picked. We never He never tells me what he's going to have as his way of wages until we actually record this um, podcast. But remember to check the Bet Rivers website. It's, we are in Europe now, so these matches start very, very early. So the order of play will start at 5 a.m. Eastern time. We do not know the order of play yet. The order of play will know later on this afternoon or this evening in American time. So check out the Bet Rivers website because if Sean does highlight a bet, you will need to go to the Bet Rivers website to make sure you don't miss it. It's a very early start on Wednesday, 5 a.m. Eastern time. And if you're working, Tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon, you've got your lunch break. Remember, if you ever do have a bet or you have a wager on this match, you can live stream the game on the Bet Rivers website. You can watch it from the lunch. Have your sandwich, have your lunch, have your bite to eat and your, and your drink and watch the game and hopefully cash some tickets. Okay, let's have a look at the matches. The first match you've got for us is Dujan Lavic, a man who has played an awful lot of tennis in recent weeks up against Nuno Borges. Uh, these are two sort of quite very decent play causes, but it's uh, on the form at the moment. Alejovic is a heavy favourite, minus 286 here to beat Borges, who's plus 220. The spread is three and a half, and the totals are pitched at 21 and a half. Um, Alejovic has never played Borges, um, but Alejovic coming through some long tennis. I mean, he got to the third round of Madrid, got beaten by Struff, beat Felix Auger-Anacim. That's on the back of winning in Bosnia, where he beat Djokovic as well. So uh, a lot of tennis at the moment, and Borges is on the back of three successive defeats. Uh, what do you think of this one, Sean? Yeah, I think if this match had been played six weeks ago, it would have been about evens the pair. <laughs> I, I, you know, this. I think this recent form that Lajevic has, has found just made him a little bit too short, well, quite a bit too short for me in this in this matchup. He doesn't have a particularly great record in Rome anyway, Lajevic. He's 2-4 win-loss in the main draw uh, in Rome. He did say, actually, in, in Banja Luka that he doesn't like playing in damp, slow conditions. <laughs> yeah, he went on to beat Djokovic and win the title, so he, he obviously doesn't mind it that much. But he, he generally speaking, he doesn't he doesn't like these conditions. Um, so I, I just feel like his record as well. And in fact, as you said, he's played an awful lot of tennis um, so far. He talked about after the Struff match um, about fatigue. The other thing is um, Borges... He doesn't have great stats at the moment on clay, but he's, he's played a lot of big servers. I've mentioned before, Lajevic isn't a big server. Lajevic is, one of Lajevic's main weapons is his kick serve, which works well in places like Madrid with the altitude. That's not going to work on a damp um, court in Rome. I just think this is this match will be closer than the odds suggest. This one's just a lean. It's not an official play, but I, I quite like the idea of Borges on the, handicap, on the handicap here, plus three and a half games. His form hasn't been great lately, hence the price, but... I think that's too short on Lajevic. 
Yeah, if you want to get the three and a half games handicap, head to Bet Rivers and you will be getting plus 106. A so plus 106. Plus money for Borges to beat Lavic, who must be absolutely exhausted with his recent runs uh, in these last two tournaments uh, across Europe. Uh, let's move on to the next game. And this is probably the biggest game of the match. Uh, Fabio Fognini, the Italian home favourite, up against Andy Murray. Andy Murray is on the back of a winning tournament. He won a Challenger event uh, last week. Uh, there's no love loss between these two. Fabio Fanini has been very vocal across social media about his uh, his relationship with Andy Murray, adding a little bit of a spice to the match. They're both tour veterans. Uh, Fabio Fanini will have the very, very uh, patriotic Rome support on his side. They've met four times before. The he- oh, sorry, eight times before. The head-to-head is four apiece. Uh, they met in Rome in 2017, and Fanini won 6-2, 6-4. Uh, they also won and played in Monte Carlo on uh, clay court back in 2009, and Murray won seven six six four. Um, this this looks a tricky little match to call here because I think that people will look at Andy Murray's results and think, well, he's he's going to win. But at his age, can he come through a winning a tournament, a challenger, and with his injury problems and replicate the form here? He's minus two forty to win, and Fabio Fognini is plus one eighty eight. Tricky little match, but this is a blockbuster, isn't it, Sean? Yeah, I'm hoping to be able to see this one if the rain holds up. Um, I've taken, I took Fognini here um, a little while ago, uh, two to one plus two hundred. I just think on clay, he's he's had the better of the matchup. You mentioned that match in 2017 when he when he beat Murray. Murray was world number one at the time of that match. Um, Fognini played one of the best matches I've ever seen him play that day. Beat him six two six four. He was absolutely brilliant, Fognini. I know it was five or six years ago, but you know neither of these guys are. Young guys anymore, and that's that's another factor. You know, Murray until he went to Aix en Provence last week, his clay season was an absolute disaster, wasn't it? He played three matches and lost all of them, looked terrible in all of them. Goes to Aix en Provence and and ends up winning the challenger. But we know he's he's not he's not the, the man he was in terms of stamina anymore. You know, he's at the end of his career, played a lot of matches last week. I just wonder what he's got left in his legs for this week, and as you said. Fognini, he's not. A, they're not big mates, are they? Um, he, he doesn't like Fognini's all talked about how he doesn't like the way Murray plays, and he'll be up for this. The, the, I've mentioned it several times about Fognini. He's only up for certain matches at this stage of his career. For me, this will be one of them. Playing at home in Rome against Murray, a tired Murray, a guy he's beaten before um, and beaten him convincingly at this exact venue. If you look at the stats of the head-to-head on clay in terms of the service point. So one and return point one totals. It's 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 fairly dominant. Fognini on one hundred and seven, Murray on ninety three. That's a pretty big differential uh, in Fognini's favour. And on all surfaces, Murray's only slightly ahead, one hundred and one to ninety nine. You know, Fognini took a set off him at Wimbledon on the grass. He also beat him in very quick conditions in Shanghai on a hard court. So I, I just think, given that Murray's played all that tennis, Fognini should be fresh. I know he's been injured and stuff, but. I just think Fogg will be up for this. I'm I'm perfectly happy to take him at that price. Very, very nice price. Two to one. Available now, plus 188. The spread here is plus three and a half, but the the danger side or the downside of playing the spread is you could just have an offset and you lose could six lose ups. a set so six one, yeah. Yeah, that's that's one sort of thing you need to, to be very wary of. The other interesting thing for me is the last time they met in 2019, as you said, was on a quick court in Shanghai. Fognini mm. was the favourite. It was minus 136 favourite to win that match. And uh, he did win the match. And the next time they play, on clay, in Rome, Fognini's 2-1. to one. You work that out. I just so, think that's 
generous. It's yeah. just on the. It's just priced on on Murray winning last week, isn't it? But I think that's and, a hindrance for him. Yeah, I do as well. But mm. you know, we could be wrong. But I think I think you have to take the chance at that price. So there you have it. Uh, Fognini, uh, around about two to one. Lot two to one is slightly gone now. Plus one eighty eight to beat Andy Murray. That will be official play on the on the show, Sean. Yeah, Fognini to win the match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. The next one here uh, is an interesting one for me. Maxine Cressy is minus one fifty nine. The American, big Serbian American against Guido Pella, uh, a very established clay quarter, but someone who hasn't had the best of seasons and hasn't had the best couple of years on clay. But Pella is obviously out of the two better on these sort of slower conditions. Pella is plus 128. Maxine Cressy is minus 159. I'm not quite sure whether that's sort of some patriotic support behind the American here because I don't really understand those plots. Uh, Pella is a one and a half underdog on the spread at even money, and the totals here are 22 and a half. Pella's my pick. I bet him at plus 130 about an hour ago. Um, I, I like him to beat Maxine Cressy. I just can't have Cressy on the real slow courts with this rain around and um i think pella will if he get the slower the better for him yeah that's, that's exactly what i've got written down here pella to win at plus 130 I, i'm just not sure I, i'm not sure where these prices come from I, I, i'm not the only thing i can think of is the fact that pella's obviously not played that much tennis over the last couple of years as you said but cressy's clay stats are they're appalling you know he's, he's lost on all surfaces he's lost seven in a row now going back to february so he's not in good form anyway if you look at his um, nine career matches at main level that Cressy's played on clay. His service points one and return points one total is 91, which is pretty poor by this sort of standard. Pellers is 98. You know, seven points better, and he's he's barely played for two years. You know, Pella looked quite decent when he came back. He he, he did all right. We did had a little winner with, with him, didn't we, in Indian Wells. Played pretty well in Indian Wells in Miami. He's playing again this week off this protected ranking. So he's not going to want to waste this. He's actually never won a match in Rome, Pella. He's zero and three, but he's, he's he's had some quite tricky matches. I just can't have Cressy at this price. It's going to be slow as well, as you say, damp. He hits exactly the same number of aces as double faults, Cressy, uh, on clay. So his serve is no advantage to him because it's cancelled out by all the double faults. So yeah, on the stats, um, and I think motivation as well, Pella will be up for this. I'm not so sure that Cressy will on, on sort of damp, slow clay in Rome. It doesn't, it doesn't strike me as a sort of Cressy kind of... Uh, conditions no big fan of that one i love that bet as my that was a pick that i had out this morning about it already guida pella at plus 130 to beat maxine cressy so opposing maxine cressy is a maximum bet i should say uh let's move on to the next one pedro cachin up against christian garin um Cachin got beat very now oh he got beat very narrowly didn't he by uh yeah Daniela struff in madrid went on to, to the set to the semi-finals two very close tie breaks uh, Christian Garin is minus 162. Uh, Garin reached the third round in Madrid. Um, Garin here is the favourite at minus 162 and uh, plus 130. The handicap is plus one and a half with Kachin plus 102. And the totals, they look, they look quite interesting to me. There might be a little over that game there. Over at the pitch at 22 and a half. What do you think this one? I think Kachin is a little bit of value at these prices. Now that he's got his confidence back, he's played well in, in the Madrid challenge. We got to the final there. And on the back of that, he played really well in Madrid, as you said. Only lost narrowly to Struff. He was very unlucky to lose that match, actually. Um, he should have won that on the stats, really. Kashim ended up losing it to Struff, who obviously went on to make the final and, you know, almost not, didn't do too badly at all, did he, against uh, against Alcaraz. So I don't think that's a, a bad loss by any means. I think Kashim will consider the last sort of three or four weeks as a massive plus because he'd, he'd really struggled prior to that in the sort of six months or so prior to that. But 
now that his confidence is back, I think he's a decent price. He beat Gary in, in Gary's backyard in Santiago years and years ago as a plus 150 underdog. So he's not going to be afraid about Garin. Um And if you look at the service points, one and return points, one totals of the pair of them, um, in their last 10 matches at main level, it's actually Kashin that's some way better. He's on 104, which is pretty decent. Garin's only on 99. I mentioned last week um, when I talked about him, Garin, I thought he was rather fortunate. We were rather fortunate to to get the win on him when he played Kekmanovic. He was, I think it's just the fact that Kekmanovic got tired in that third set that allowed Garin to win that match. I don't think he's playing particularly well at the minute, Garin, but he, he always tends to play well in, in Madrid and at these sort of altitude events. But he's, as I say, his stats, they're not, they're not very good at all. They're, they're okay, but five points behind Kashin in their last 10 matches just suggests to me that Kashin is in the much better form. He'll certainly be confident the way he's played recently. And I, I can't have Garin as favourite here in, in these slow sort of damp conditions. Plus 130 for Kashin. Hopefully you win so we can cash in the tickets. Uh, the final match we have is Wu against Gasquet. Uh, Wu is plus 190, Richard Gasquet minus, Ricard Gasquet minus 245. Wu obviously burst on the scene with his win in Dallas. Ever since then, he's uh, not done much at all. And on clay, he's Norton 2 and really two dismal performances against lost to Diego Schwartzman, who I think I could probably take a set off at the moment. Uh, but the trouble is, Richard Gasquet sure is... Uh, yeah, on, on grass. Uh, Richard Gasquet is 36, though. You know, he's 36 year old coming to the end of his career. Do we really trust the Frenchman at minus 245 to win this match? Uh, if you look at the handicap, very, very strong favourite for uh, for, for uh, Gasquet. Uh, what do you think of this last match? It's, it's not a bet, but I, I just can't have Gasquet in these conditions. He, he doesn't like it. He's another one that does not like these damp, slow conditions. At all, he, at this stage of his career, he, he he tends to play much better on on quicker surfaces. He won at Auckland, didn't he? Where it was quick. Um, here, damp, slow. You know his shots; they don't. They're not going to go through the court. The concern, obviously, is that Wu has not done anything really on on clay at main level. He can play on clay though. He's played thirty six career matches on clay and won twenty two of them. Although most of them were at ITF and challenger level. He's beaten Zhijian Zhang on clay and, and Jordan Thompson to make the quarterfinals of the Zagreb Challenger this corresponding week last year on the clay. So he, he he can play on it. He just hasn't shown anything yet at main level, but he's, I, I suspect he will figure it out. Um, and I just, I can't have Gasquet at that price in these conditions. I think this will be closer than the, the prices suggest. Would you look at the total games? 22 and a half? Or 21 and a half, sorry. Over, yeah, over, totals over games, over sets. I mean, it's I say it's just a lean. I just just on the basis that I, I'm keen to oppose Gasquet in these sort of conditions. Give us your uh, official picks for the first round and the nothing on the outright, but we give our lean to the end. Who do you like on this first round for your official play, Sean? Okay, so Fognini to beat Murray. Yep. Um, Pella to beat Cressy, and Cashin. To beat Garen, I think those are the value plays in round one of, of Rome. I'm not going to have too many bets because we don't know what conditions these matches are going to be played in. Mm, very important if they go on late at night. Obviously, as Sean alluded to at the beginning of the podcast, I also like Pella to beat Cressy. So that will be a two-unit bet. The other two will be one-unit bets. And so far, our record on the two-unit bets is pretty strong. I think we're 100% on the two-unit bets this season and 26.38 units up, which is all down to our senior handicapper, Sean Calvert. Uh, just remember, there's four ways to follow us here on Betting Weekly Game Bet Match. You can download the podcast on Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on your preferred podcast provider. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is the Bet Rivers Network. Give us a like and a review there. Lots of brilliant content on there. Also, you can follow 
uh, the soccer guys. Obviously, a big week of soccer with the Champions League action that's happening as well. And you can also follow us on Twitter at Because We Win, and also on our Instagram page, which also shares the same handle at Because We Win. Which I've got to give uh, a dummies course, a dummies ten minute course, a dummy leading the dummy here. Though this is the problem on the Instagram. Uh, I'm sure, sure we'll be following his Instagram journey uh, across in Rome tomorrow. Um, good luck with your bet, Sean, and have a very very safe flight. Stay warm, stay wet. And we look forward yeah. to following your adventures on our Instagram page and also on our Twitter page. There might not be much tennis involved in it, but there'll, there'll be adventures, I suppose. Well, I will be flying in on Saturday when you'll be flying back. I know you'll be going to the, to the soccer because I've had the nightmare as they moved to soccer match recently. You'll be going at the Olympic Stadium. So at least we'll have That's some the money. only thing I think might definitely be on. Yeah, so you'll, you'll be able to watch the mighty Lazio going for the Champions League. So looking forward to your uh, your views on that. As I say, have a very safe journey, my friend. Good luck tomorrow. Thank Hopefully you, you can watch... Uh, Pognini against Murray and joining with the fanatical Italian fans cheering on the fog to get the victory over an exhausted Andy Murray. Take care, everyone. Uh, back tomorrow, it'll be uh, Rory Giovanni and James Blake looking ahead to all things tennis. And I'll be joining Sean from Rome on Thursday. Hopefully he's nice and warm in a hotel room with a nice fire behind him and a nice little, nice little bit of espresso, something like that. Take care, everyone. Speak to you soon. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network.